Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Well, welcome back. This is Franz, and this is going to be episode number 149, and this is going to be part six of my 2017 summer sail, and this is going to be covering my next crew that joined me in Patra and sailed from Patra to Corfu. Before we get on to this episode, let me thank my sponsor, Sailrite. This show is sponsored in part by Sailrite. Since 1969, Sailrite has been equipping self-sufficient sailors with tools, supplies, and knowledge they need to sew for their boats. This second-generation family business is also the maker of the Sailrite UltraFeed sewing machine. The UltraFeed is a portable, heavy-duty sewing machine that was designed to handle all your maritime sewing projects from sails to covers. At Sailrite, you'll find everything you need to take on your next do-it-yourself project, including fabric, tools, hardware, and even hundreds of free how-to video tutorials. Start your next project at Sailrite.com. That's S-A-I-L-R-I-T-E dot com. Well, this is crew number five, I think, for the summer. And even though it's part six of the episodes, I'm not sure how I got out of out of step with the number of crews. So this is crew number five, Lisa and Andy Buffmeyer from Salt Lake City. Andy has sailed with me before. He sailed with me the year before, I think, in in the Cacladis. And he really enjoyed it. I invited him back again this year, and he said, well, can I bring my wife? And I said, well, as long as she's willing to put up with the very primitive conditions that I have on my boat... That's fine. And he said, hey, listen, we, we traveled around Europe in a camper van when we were kids. She's good to go. And they were great. They were a great couple to have on board. It was a lot of fun to have them. They joined me in Patra, and we sailed the first day early morning from Patra, Greece, or Patras. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I always say Patra but it's Patras. And then we sailed directly from there, a long, long day. It was probably about 60 miles altogether from Patra to, uh, well, what we did is we sailed from Patra direct to the town of Keone, which which is a picture-perfect little Greek town, thinking we might be able to get into Keone I wasn't holding my breath, but I thought, well, let's try. So we poked our nose into Keone. It was absolutely packed. There was no room at all either to anchor or to tie up or to take a line astern or to back into the key. There was absolutely no room at all. The flotillas had come in and pretty much taken all available space for anchoring and the key was all filled as well. Uh, so I, that's sort of what I expected, actually. So I turned around, and we went down to the main town for the island of Ithaca of Vathi. And Vathi was extremely packed as well. It just is, 
it was extremely packed. We were able to to sneak into a spot that other people had overlooked, and uh, it's a spot that I never would have thought of going to in the past, but uh, we backed in, took a line ashore. <laughs> when we got off our boat, we basically put our, our boarding ladder, our plank, uh, from the stern of my boat up to the uh, to a little wall that was... Uh, right on the waterfront, and then right next to that was a restaurant table. Of course, all the restaurants were setting up tables right over there next to the water, and of course, when we got on and off the boat, we almost had to uh, uh, step on the table to get on sh- on shore. Of course, we didn't quite have to. We could walk down the, the wall a little ways and step down, but it was pretty crowded getting off the boat. I uh, got charged, I think, around $7 for tying up. A woman came around with a uh, receipt book and took the money and she looked official. I didn't bother with the port police. I, the port police were standing there looking at me and if they wanted me to sign in with them, I would have done that, but they didn't seem to really care. There were so many boats in there that I'm sure very, very few of them ever checked in with the port police. And we had a, a nice evening meal there. And the next day we got up early and headed up to Keone because I wanted to spend a couple nights in Keone and I knew that it was going to be jam-packed so we got up left early and got into Keone as other boats were leaving Keone and we got our spot on the key in Keone where we stayed for two nights. Now following this after spending a couple nights in Keone and, and I wanted to rent a scooter and ride around the island because I'd done that in the past, but uh, the scooter rental shops were no longer in existence uh, in the town of Keone. And so I couldn't rent a scooter. I ended up just going on long walks, but I was really looking forward to renting a scooter. And I guess if I wanted to rent a scooter, I should have done it in Vothi, but uh, there was no place to rent a scooter in Keone this last summer. So when we left Keone, we left early in the morning because, again, I knew if we were going to the town of Fiscardo, it was going to be crowded as well. But I had no idea how bad it was going to be. So as we're pulling into Fiscardo, it's jam-packed and a few people are leaving. And I saw some uh, Royal Yacht Squadron boats leaving. And I said, ah, is Nigel there? I pulled up to one of them. And Nigel Southwind, a man I'd met in uh, first in Brindisi and then later on a couple times in Croatia, uh, as a member of the Royal Yacht Squadron, I pulled up next to a boat that was flying the Royal Yacht Squadron flag, and I said, hey, is Nigel sailing with you guys? And he said, well, he left about a half an hour ago. So the Royal Yacht Squadron was sailing around the Ionian Islands as a group. I told him to say hello to him for me. Anyway, so I'm sitting there waiting for a a place to back in to try to get a spot uh, right at the town dock, at the town quay. And as as one of the boats from the Royal Yacht Squadron left, I backed in and took that spot. And the person came over and said, oh, no, you can't can't park here. This is for charter boats to come in and go out and come in and go out. And apparently they come in and go out during the day. But the night before when this boat from the Royal Yacht Squadron had left, Uh, He could stay there that night, but he had to get off fairly early in the morning. So I went around and just was puttering around looking for a spot. And then I saw another boat 
that was leaving uh, a place by a restaurant, and I thought, okay, I'll back in there. So as he pulled away, I dropped my anchor and started backing into this spot, and there was a strong wind. I wasn't able to back in straight, and so I, I, I said, okay, let's give it another shot, and as I come out, this, this big Italian boat, I guess it was probably a 40... 47-foot Italian boat with a bunch of Italians come up, come over and start yelling at me. said, that's our spot. That's our spot. We've been waiting for that spot. We've been waiting for that spot. So it's our, you have to get in line. And I thought, that is absolutely nonsense. If you, <laughs> There is no queuing up for spots. If you get a spot, you get a spot. But according to them, they had a right to that spot. And, of course, I'm pulling up my anchor. So I'm dead in the water. My anchor's on the bottom and I'm pretty much right over the top of my boat. I'm not moving forward. I'm not moving back. And they come right by the bow of my boat yelling at me. <laughs> and I'm just saying, hey, listen, there, you, don't, you don't save spots. If you get a spot, you get a spot. But you know, there's no queuing up for these spots. And they were all the way over on the other side of the bay. Anyways, I wouldn't have no idea if they were sitting there queuing up for this spot. Because they weren't anywhere near the spot. They were never near it. At this time, also, a big mega yacht was pulling out of the marina, and everybody's trying to stay out of the way of this big mega yacht. And I'm pulling up my anchor, and this Italian boat comes right by the bow of my boat and starts yelling at me, and then he turns. And the guy was obviously a terrible helmsman because he thought he was turning to go away from my boat. So he turned his tiller to to, uh, basically turn to the port, and, of course, he didn't understand when you turn your tiller, you turn the stern of your boat. So what happened is my bowsprit now was, was uh, because of his maneuver, now my bowsprit went into uh, his stanchions and tore off a couple of his stanchions. And I, they said, it's your fault, it's your fault. I said, no, it's not my fault. I'm dead in the water. You're the ones that chose to turn into me. I didn't turn into you. I'm dead in the water. My anchor's down. It's not my fault. <sighs> Anyway, <laughs> so we, uh, we say screw this uh, because it's just too damn crowded to try to get a, a pl- spot over by the, uh, by the restaurants, by the town. And so we go to the opposite side of the bay, which is, if you're looking at uh, Fiscar, would be the north side of the bay. And it's wide open there. And uh, so we... We drop an anchor and take a long line ashore, and we tie up there. And just as we get a long line ashore, a boat comes in, a sailboat comes in from uh, Sun Sail, and they bring a big dinghy in, and then they start laying out stern lines. I mean, there's nobody there, but they're going and tying stern lines to the, uh, to the wall or to rocks and bringing them out. And then every other boat that comes in there and tries to take a spot next to me, they say, oh, no, you can't. We've got these places tied up for our boats that are coming in. And they were basically forcing people that had a legitimate right to anchor there to go somewhere else. This flotilla thought that they had a right just because they put in stern lines early in the morning for a fleet that would be coming in later that afternoon to reserve that spot for the flotilla. And I've got some pictures of the website of what it looked like. And I, you know what, I'm part of the problem. I really have been part of the problem. The Ionian Islands used to be one of my favorite spots to go sailing. 
and I've encouraged people that are new to sailing to to start sailing the Ionian Islands. And I've I've interviewed charter companies that have uh, places or charter out flotilla fleets in the Ionian Islands. But I did not realize that they had taken this delightful, this just wonderful, delightful sailing area and just put thousands and thousands of boats into this one area. They've overexpanded to the point where there is very little anchoring areas that are not taken up by flotillas or being claimed by flotillas who have really no right to claim these spots. And I'm going to do everything I can to discourage people from sailing in the Ionians anymore because there's been a massive expansion of the charter fleets there to the point where it is no longer, in my opinion, a desirable area to sail unless you like sailing in Times Square in New York. I mean, if you like crowds, if you like crowded anchorages, if you like overpriced restaurants because of, of the crowds that have developed, well, then go right ahead but I do no longer encourage people to charter in the Ionian Islands because there's been a massive expansion of charter fleets to the point where they've ruined what was once a delightful place to sail by their greed, pure and simple, their greed. They keep expanding as long as they can find a sucker to buy a boat that they can manage and charter out and get a marginal return for themselves. They really don't care about the return for the uh, boat owner but as long as they can make a management fee chartering out that boat, they're more than willing to do that. And low interest rates have allowed them to expand way beyond the, uh, well, they had to actually include a cost of capital into the purchase price of their boats. They would never be able to expand like they have. But they have. They've expanded to the point where it is no longer a desirable area to sail because of the excessive expansion of the charter fleets. When I first went to the Ionian Islands, that was probably 15 years ago, I wintered my boat in Cleopatra Marina. And it was a big dry dock. There were about 80 boats on, in the dry dock at, this, at the same time I wintered my boat there. And I had a relationship with the manager of the, uh, the dry dock of Cleopatra Marina. Well, they've expanded to where there's over a thousand boats at that dry dock. And right next to them, there's two other big boat yards, each about the same size. So now there's 3,000 boats being wintered in Previsa over the winter. So I'm, I'm just discouraged, and I encourage you not to uh, support companies that overexpand in the areas like these charter companies have. And the one that comes to my mind is, is Sunsail, but uh, they're not unique. Every one of the charter companies that's been expanding in the Ionians has pretty much locked up all the free dock space. Uh, they've taken over full town docks. They've taken over pretty much the entire marina at Levkus. Uh, I didn't pull into Previsa. Uh, I went by Previsa, but I did not pull into Previsa. But I wouldn't be surprised if they'd done the same thing there. And, of course, up in uh, Corfu, they've done the same thing. So, anyway, with Andy and Lisa, we sailed all the way up from, uh, we got up early one the more, after the one night in Fiscardo, which I did not want to spend more than one night there. I was so discouraged. We got up early in the morning and started motoring up. And I was thinking I was going to spend the night in Previsa, but the weather was good. The conditions were great. I thought, well, let's just keep going. 
And we continued sailing up, and we pulled into a tiny little anchorage, and I'm not even going to tell you the name of it because it was the exact opposite of Fiscardo. It was a delightful, tiny little anchorage, room for about four boats, and that's it. And I'm not going to even talk about the marina. It was a little town marina, but uh, if I talk about it, the next time I go back there, if I ever go back there, it will probably be ruined by the charter fleets as well. So anyway, we spent a night in this little town, which I will not mention the name of. And then we sailed over to Paxi, motored around Paxi, and then on up to Anapaxi, and, and uh, got into Gauss fairly early in the day and got a spot at the key. Again, I'm, I'm planning my days leaving early in the morning and getting into my next anchorage as soon as possible because I know from the experience I've had so far on this trip that it's going to be jam-packed by the end of the day. So we got into Gauss fairly early, got a spot at the wall, and spent a night there. And then the next day we... At, at Gauss, I was, uh, when I was backing in, there was an Italian boat there. All right, I paused and went and looked for a photograph I took. So this Italian boat was right next to me, and he took my stern lines, and I got to know him. His name was Andrea, and he has a website called Sailing S-A-I-L-I-N-G-S-A-N-T-I-P-P-E dot com. And he was helpful in, in taking my lines when I backed in, and I thanked him a lot. And we had some discussions back and forth, and they had on their boat a yoga master, or whatever you call him, and a bunch of yoga students. Apparently, Andrea and his girlfriend uh, charter out their boat and take uh, four or five people with them at a time. And this group just happened to be uh, people that were had a yoga instructor and they were doing yoga. So in the morning, they would get up and take their yoga mats and go find a spot and do their yoga instruction. And in the evening, I think they'd do the same thing and they were wandering around. Very friendly, very kind. Spoke Fairly good English. Well, anyway, so when we leave Anapaxi, we head up to, let me pull it up on Google Earth. We head up to the town of Vola. And, uh, and now, since the last time I was in Vola, there's a brand new marina that's been built there as well. Uh, it wasn't full. We got there fairly early and got a spot on the um, right at the head of the uh, the key. So we were very well protected. Which was uh, the key was on the uh, northwest edge. So it's a U shaped, and that was in the northwest edge. We backed in there. We paid a little bit for the night, and uh, lo and behold. Andrea pulls in and ties up next to us uh, later on in the day. So we're sort of going on the same route. And they get up in the morning and they decide to go do their yoga. They said, Franz, come join us. And I thought, well, <laughs> that'll be humorous. So I, I took one of my cockpit cushions as, to use as a mat because I didn't have a yoga mat. And I went and did a session of yoga with them. my daughter is a yoga instructor as well. And she keeps preaching the benefits of yoga to me, and I have friends that do yoga. Well, they're converted to the idea of doing yoga. And I 
enjoyed it. It was a lot of work. It's, t- it's a tough exercise. And so I spent a morning doing yoga. I guess it was about an hour session, and I was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty tired after the end of that session that morning. But it was early in the morning before it got very hot, and uh, Andrea and his crew invited me. They didn't speak, the crew didn't speak very good English, but the yoga master, or whatever they call him, would come around and, and demonstrate for me what to do or help me do the, the poses. And, and they all had a good time watching this old American guy try to do the yoga. They were all younger and in great shape, and, and I'm not in that great a shape and quite a bit older, at least double their age. But it was fun. It was fun. And, and then the next day, we had, I take Andy and Lisa, and we head up to uh, Corfu. And Andrea tells me about an anchorage that's free in Corfu. And I go find this anchorage, which is uh, right in the town, which is great. But we pull in there, and as we're pulling in, I see a spot to side tie. And I tell Andy to get ready to side tie, to get off the boat and take some lines and wrap them around something as I come in to side tie. And as I come into sight, I, I, don't, I didn't realize he had his foot to push off on my boarding ladder, which was leaning up against my bulwarks. And when he jumped off, the boarding ladder went the opposite direction, and he fell almost into the water and smashed a, got a fat lip from landing on the, on the stone, the concrete on the uh, dock. So we had had no accidents in the trip up until that point in time. And, and he got a fat lip, and he... He was okay with that, but the the other thing is right where he jumped off, there's raw sewage going into this harbor, and it stinks. And I said, "Well, I don't want to, I don't want to be right here where there's raw sewage coming into the harbor." And so I go and back into another spot, and the, the harbor just smells like terrible, terrible. And um. I get off my boat and go away as much during the day as I can. And in hindsight, I probably should have just gone to a different marina, but I'm just such a cheap son of a gun that I thought, well, this is free. I'll just get off the boat. But I think it made me a little sick because right after that, Brian and Natalie joined me. And I was feeling pretty lousy the first day they were with me. And I think it was the air I was breathing at night in this harbor. I think it was... uh, it made me sick for a couple of days. I felt better after I'd uh, been out a couple of days away from this harbor. So I won't even tell you the name of it because I would not recommend anybody ever go back and stay at this. But I spent about uh, three nights at this harbor waiting for Brian and Natalie to show up and enjoyed walking around Corfu. Uh, places I'd normally anchored off of Corfu would be to the south of the big fortress there. And I walked over and took some pictures of it, and they're on the website. And, and even that area was super crowded with boats at anchor. And so that pretty much finishes up that leg of the trip. Now, I did get a hold of Andrea on Sailing Santipi, and we're going to try to do an interview at some point in time. His problem is it's... Uh, he doesn't have high-speed internet at home, so he needs to go to his office to make sure that we have decent internet when I do an interview with him. But we'll see if I can arrange that. That pretty much finished up that leg. Now, 
what was the sailing like on this lake? For the most part, this was the calmest time in the entire summer. We got very little sailing in. Most of the time, we motored. And we did motor from Fiscardo up to this little anchorage that I'm not telling you the name of. We did go by Scorpios Island, which was the uh, island owned by Aristotle Onassis. It's now owned by another billionaire. And there used to be a time when you could uh, motor. In fact, my intention was I was going to motor around Scorpios Island. There's a little island to the north of it, and then there's Scorpios Island. So I wanted to motor around it and out the other end. And as I try to motor around it, there's a security boat that comes up and says, you cannot go through here, you cannot go through here. I could see enough that there was a mega yacht tied up at the, uh, the key, but they would not let me motor through there. And apparently, if the, uh, if the owner's there, they don't let people motor through there. And if he's not there, I guess it's probably okay, because I think I talked to another person uh, that had gone by Scorpios Island and was able to sail through that little passage there. It wasn't a big deal, but I thought for Andy and Lisa it'd be kind of fun to see the house that uh, Onassis built, which and the nice key that he built for himself. But we couldn't get in there, and I can understand the person's desire for privacy. Anyway, that took care of that. If you like this podcast, please go into the iTunes or whatever podcast directory you use to subscribe to podcasts and write a positive review. If you have any thoughts or suggestions for future episodes, write me, franz1 at medsailor.com. If you want to be a supporter of this podcast, please go to patreon.com backslash medsailor and become a patron. I'd really appreciate it. That or buy some of the products I have at the website, medsailor.com. Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing. <laughs>